I'm Alexander Larson, a risk manager. This show revolves around meeting other risk managers for coffee, learning about how they got into risk management, what their background is and expertise is, learning a little bit about what risk management looks like in their country or in their industry, and generally trying to share as much as possible in terms of risk learning to the wider community. In this episode, I met with Greg, who's quite a character. He shared a lot of experience and stories, funny, thought-provoking, and really interesting. This is Risk Managers Getting Coffee. Greg, how are things? Very good, very good. Challenging in the current sector around, I think, globally. I work in the aluminium sector, the smelting sector, producing aluminium and selling aluminium um, in its purity and its 100% form for the likes of customers anywhere around the world, such as BMW. Um, it, is that being impacted at all by any tariffs uh, that Trump's introducing or anything yes, like that? Yes, not currently. But the bottom line is, and I think this is something that everyone's talking about with the tariff war, it's the consumer in America that's mm -hmm. going to feel the pinch. And you're, you're based here in Dubai, right? We are based in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. We have two okay. smelters. Um, we also have a refinery coming online at the end of the year um, in Abu Dhabi. We have a mine, a bauxite mine, coming online next year mm -hmm. in Guinea. And we have our sales offices in America, Europe and China. How did you get into risk in the first place? So originally I trained as a lawyer in England. Uh, my parents are living in America mm -hmm. and so I wanted to be a New York attorney. Um, from there, mainly caused by the World Trade Center right. um, explosion because that they were the offices I was going back to in October oh, wow. 2001. Jeez. Um, so in the UK, I then went into insurance, working on construction claims mm -hmm. and contracts. Fast forward later on, um, you know, I, I'm still a strong advocate for ethical leadership, mm -hmm. but the experience of working in Jordan, Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, or say my clients are working there when I was based yeah. in Jordan, and having had the Iraq and Kurdistan experience like yourself, seeing headlines versus a reality because you mm -hmm. know what's going on, yeah. again, it's that really that's what I'd call taking the matrix pill. You know, do you, yeah, do you yeah. want to know? And if you do, there's no going back. Yeah. And I love risk management for that. You've been quite a few interesting places, haven't you? Yes. So when I was um, working in London, yeah. I was in and out of parts of Africa. Right. Um, I was also in Latin America. Um, an interesting thing is that we have a, a mine in Guinea. Mm-hmm. And previous in my life in London, I was on a plane leaving Johannesburg, going to Guinea, when I was boarding, and I took a call from my South African security. The government representative I was going to see, although part of a militia, yeah. had been shot in the head. Wow. Fast forward, I've been to Guinea, yeah. you know, with the pre existing president there, and looking at the way the stability has come around since those times, and that's 10 years difference. Um, so that's impressive. One of the things that I believe has been valued across frontier mm -hmm. markets, more so than emerging in some ways, has been the ability to bring on board the nationals for, to be employees, to be trained, yeah, and to, for them to feel value of a job. Most individuals want to feel the value of being employed. Interesting, when we were in Iraq, major oil and gas project we were working on, 
It was mostly expats on site, but slowly the government introduced this Iraqitization. A few departments that were a bit more sort of forward thinking looked at it as an opportunity to bring them on board early and train them up so that yes. if you bring them on board early enough, then you're protecting the rest of your team because you've got a solid team and when you know the cull comes to get rid of people, you've already built your team, the continuity is mm -hmm. there, you train them up early enough. Uh, but a lot of people were too resistant. Then it's just going to cause further problems down the line. So you need, you're trying to get to that core group that you can mentor. Yeah. And then of course you've got the other issue now with, with Brexit. You're going to have a lot of skilled workers leaving, mm. potentially. And, and what do we replace them with? Well, I have a sister who's a doctor. Right. And a great story for her was that there was a pressure for the hospital to hire overseas. Right. Within a month it had been decided the budget wasn't appropriated properly and budgeted. Mm. So therefore they're asked to then leave. So you've gone and taken people from their home country, where they're working, brought them into brought another country and said oh actually yeah. we haven't got this right and then they haven't got a job to go back to mm -hmm. so that's a, I think taking risk that's a real part of what's going on at the moment there's a there's an understanding of it's too late the risk being realized yeah. and being considered at the same time it's not planned properly at the right level yeah that's strategic exactly, yeah. budgeting financial so um well, in, in, from your point of view, if you had like a specific risk expertise area, I'd say breadth an understanding for the breadth mm -hmm. across which you need to talk about. You know, we can some skill sets try to focus on yeah. or pinpoint on a particular yeah. point. A bit like an argument, you're going after one word or two yeah, words exactly. and trying to say, well, that's grammatically incorrect. You know, as if that's going to usurp the argument. Mm -hmm. what, what I strongly believe in is that you need to step back and find what is the right question. And that's communication as well. So this is sort of soft skill, soft essentially. Soft skill, yes. Um, because there's a lot of argument in the risk management community, at least online, uh, about uh, whether you should be just very strong technically or just very strong from a quantitative side or whether or not soft skills is important or not. You're clearly, uh, I would assume, quite pro soft skills uh, yeah. but understanding that you need but you're talking about breadth as well you understand areas of everything and to, you wouldn't just to, to a you're possible not degree recognizing you you're going to have an expert there exactly and you need to draw on that expert exactly if you talk about the quants i think quants are important but i think quants have been um pushed as far as they can go because what i'm seeing is the fact that you have someone who understands how to analyze and, and use all the metho uh, methodologies for inputting and getting out quant stats. Yeah. They do not have the ability to connect that to a tangible impact and risk impact on the business. Right. What we want to find out is how does that impact the business? Right. And what are we looking at going forwards? So there's a risk that we've gone so quants heavy into getting people who are so technically good yeah. that they then said, well, you have to interpret that. But originally, yeah. that's part, you interpret your analysis to give me the final report. Yeah. So I can take that and start to interpret how that gets communicated to a top level yeah. to what they need to understand for their own strategy purposes. So having the balance, essentially, the balance yes. of everything. And, and I think that's what that, that's my view as well. Um, you need to have the skill set, the soft skills to get people around the table to be able to extract the right information, ask the right questions, yes. as you say, make people feel comfortable with you being there and not defensive or not feeling that you're coming to tell them what to do or that you know more than yes. them. Um, and then being able to take the information within the organization that you're getting from the experts like the quants guys and using that for actual value. 
but it always goes back to the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. People. People are the currency, they're the economy, yeah. they're the voters, and everything we're talking about. Human bias, mm -hmm. that's what's in the boardroom, yeah. the committees, the, the, the every the business directors unit, and managers and 100%. everyone. Yeah. It's duty to not have that ourselves and to try yes. departments not to have it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's not there. We no, just of course. We yeah, need to drive that. Yeah. We're human. And that's it, we have our own frailties, yeah. that, and that's life. But professionally, we owe a duty of care, yeah. we owe uh, to lead with ethics. Yeah. Um, and to manage those people, to engage yes. those people, because if they're engaged, they're less likely to behave a certain way. Yes. You have to drive behavior. And how do you do that? And again, everyone has their own agenda. Yeah. So they'll say, well, my department's KPIs are. Yeah. Straight away, that, I've closed yeah, my ears. exactly. KPIs, why did they arise? For an easy tick box to say whether or not we give you a bonus or promotion. Yeah. They did not arise for any other thing because if you communicated strategy appropriately within the, com within the company all the way from the top down, yeah. you wouldn't need a set of KPIs. Exactly. We're all working to the same goal. Yeah. I, I actually worked with a, an organization once um, it was a national park in the UK and we sat down to look at risks and I was like okay so what's our objective? It was a senior management team, the CEO was there and, and, and his management team um, and so a CEO says oh the, these are the objectives and there was like five objectives and I was like okay great and um, I could see some sort of looks around the room. It turns out a couple of the directors had never even seen the objectives, another director disagreed with the objectives, another one was confused as to what the objective meant and the CEO eventually said look I have to raise my hand. I just put wow. these together and assumed that my team would back me or understood what I was putting together. Now, if they couldn't even get it right at that level, how is it going to roll down and everyone's working towards the same goals? Um, and so he, he asked me back to run a separate objectives setting session and we came back and we did that. And they also got feedback from staff as well. Uh, another example I have of risk management uh, was, funnily enough, your suit, uh, you, you mentioned the wedding in Orkney. Yes. And yes. funnily enough, I did some work with Orkney Council. And um, I had already done a full session of risk management, identifying risks across the organization at the top level, and, but the CEO hadn't ever been involved. <coughs> So I was re reporting back to the senior management team. This was the final workshop. And the CEO decided to turn up. The CEO stopped me halfway and said, listen, I'm really sorry. I wasn't part of these workshops that you held. And now I'm beginning to realize that it was to my own detriment. But could we cancel this and then run another session where I will be involved? I'll put aside a full day and we'll do whatever it takes. That's but I'll be there. What and a great response. That day he just bought into it. Because he was a new CEO. So for him, this was fantastic information. Yeah. I'm interested to hear some of your stories from all these sort of places that you've went. I'll, I'll tell you one of my own learning, uh -huh. where I was actually a, a trigger for a protest. I was in Cape Town and for the Greenpoint Stadium that was being built. At that time, fuel had increased and a lot of the workers came from the shanty town into a, uh, a bus, a little bus, and then they get transported on site that right. way. Yeah. So anyway, their salaries were minimal, and mm -hmm. they'd had the cost of the fuel deducted at a disproportionate rate from their salary. And there were protests ongoing. Anyway, as I was walking across, and I thought I'd just have a look at how the stadium was progressing before I got to the office, um, 
I had someone come up to me, then another person, another person. I sort of swarmed. And I was thinking, I don't know what's going on. They kept asking me, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I'm just here to talk about the project being on time and how to mitigate against that risk. And they said, well, we may not allow it to be on time. And I said, well, is it really affecting you, mm -hmm. the fuel? And they said, yes. And I said, well, if it was me, I wouldn't accept it. <laughs> And then it followed with, the man from the BBC says, <laughs> oh, no. and, they, and they said, please, you know, get the cameraman. And I was like, I'm not the, no one wanted to hear I wasn't from the BBC. No, exactly. And that then turned out, someone picked up a rock and threw it across to the armed police who were just dormantly waiting in case something happened. And then it all kicked off, so I decided to go back to the hotel. <laughs> and, Swift exit. And, and phone in and say, I couldn't find the office, maybe we could meet tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, oh, but, but, it, but it's important because we all talk about risk and we all say, well, to a point, we're experts at what we talk about yeah. and our knowledge. And, and irrespective of qualifications, you know, and the IRM is superb for driving that forward. Yeah. However, experience counts. And oh, experience yeah. of what to say, what not to say, yeah. cultural, understanding the culture. One of the things I did learn from all of that traveling was you, you cannot understand until you have boots on the ground of what is going on. Exactly, yeah. In, in Iraq, for example, we had numerous tribes all surrounding yes. us and you're having to manage the relationships and, and, and various aspects like that. We've done some other videos. Um, I was uh, I met with another consultant called Vibeka and we did some videos about risk culture and we brought up the fact that she's, she's Norwegian, I'm half Norwegian. Um, but I, we, I'm also part Norwegian. We had a conversation around Norwegians because I had an experience in Korea where some Norwegians came over and basically they were being quite direct saying you didn't send us that email and he said no no I, I sent you the email they said well never mind can you send it again but he was stuck on this you're blaming me here so I sort of wow. had to intervene and say look we've it's probably been lost in the tr in junk mail or it's been accidentally deleted on our side whatever reason it is we, we don't have it anymore uh, although you sent it. Yeah. Uh, so could you just go up and, and resend it for us because then we can move forward. Oh yeah, no problem. And then he went and did it. It was just the way they came across. It, for To him, it felt it was an accusation. The flexibility you needed when you were in America on a language. Yeah. Because you asked for water, you got to ask for water. Yeah. You know, coffee, coffee. You know, because <laughs> I, I stood in a line asking for different coffees. When I was working in the World Trade Center, I said, it's my turn, I'll go get the coffees. Yeah. And the guy couldn't understand me until I said, coffee. And once I said coffee, he goes, hey, you want coffee? Why didn't you say so? Wow. I, like, <laughs> I thought I did. Language. It's coffee. But yeah. And you, and you lay, it's up to you, I, yeah. I think. And one thing I was just going to say, a, a funny story. I'd been speaking to a Swiss delegation, including the president of Switzerland. And it was to do with Iraq and, okay. and Kurdistan. Very kindly, there were, I think, six or five of us speakers, and very kindly received a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> so in my hand luggage, as I left Amman Airport in Jordan, that beeped. And, and you man and, uh, did you? I assume you forgot that you I had just it. forgot, yeah. yeah, so yeah. It, and um, your man there said to me, he said, oh, and they, go, they used to call me Georges. <laughs> and said, Mr. Georges, you cannot take this. And I said, oh, the president of Switzerland will be so upset. Thinking, you know, a bit of comedy. Yeah. Not thinking he'll take it literally. <laughs> and he said, why? And I said, oh, I was talking and it was a gift. And he said, yeah. put it in the bag, zipped it, said, no problem. Thank you for speaking here in Jordan to the Swiss president. He said, and shook my hand. And I went on board with my knife. I had a client in Dubai and it was a North American client. Yeah. 
uh, with an operation in Puntland, the old Somalia. Okay. And technically, it is outside of the embargo that used to be there because okay. Somalia fell under uh, UN embargo. Mm -hmm. And um, were, we were looking at entering through Eritrea or going direct into Puntland. Security was key, and we were dealing with a South African-based security outfit. Mm -hmm. And on a conference call with the North Americans and the South African consultant, security consultant, um, I had to translate in English to <laughs> someone who speaks English to someone who speaks English, speaking in my accent, so they both understand me yeah, exactly. and communicating. Neutral. Um, but one of the issues for, for me coming out of that, and it goes back to budgets mm -hmm. and finance, sometimes dictating over sensibility with risk. Yeah. The consultant was recommending for fear of an RPG attack on the convoy when they're actually on the ground right, okay. to use eight 4x4s. And the company wanted to stick to the budget they'd planned for and use two 4x4s. When I said, I, I can't be liable, the consultant can't be liable, why are you arguing about your life, your safety? Mm -hmm. And part of it was because, well, when I was there in the 70s, it was fine. And times have changed. Yeah. People have to be fluid with change and recognize yeah. that they don't always know, that they have to listen. I mean, and the opposite is true for places like Lebanon. I mean, you know, Lebanon, a cool place. And yet, if you look at back in the UK, if you mention Lebanon or at least uh, Beirut, mm -hmm. the perception is still, oh, scary place, war-torn place. Yes. It, the opposite is true. It's, it's, you know, it's quite liberal and it's Mediterranean almost uh, in, in, yeah. in culture. Um, taking that, the next step, I was then being called back in one-on-one -on -one with companies. Could you advise us on this? We believe you were giving a talk on this recently. And yeah, I said, once it happens, it's too late. It's, it's too, yeah, it's exactly. Too late, yes. yeah. And that's always the case. And that's just generally in risk management, I tend to find the same. is They don't open their minds up because it's not happened in the past. Just because it's not happened doesn't mean it's not going to happen. 100%. And the problem is they're closed to it until it happens. Then they want to do it, but then it's, it's too late, as you say. Yes, and, and, and you think this trend has been ongoing for decades. Yeah. And so why are we not moving away? And if you look at who's at the top, and I'm not trying to apportion accountability, but it is there. Yeah. When you're at the top, are you qualified mm -hmm. to be there, to be understanding what risk is now to your, to your company and, and how to drive that culture forward? Or are you willing to listen? Do you have the right structure yes. in place to allow you to be driven by experts or challenged, be open? Enable the function. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you are leading an organization, you don't necessarily need to be an expert in that field mm. uh, if you have the right qualities and have the right sort of uh, culture and structure in the organization to allow information to be provided to you in yes. a timely fashion and to be open to it. Take Brexit as an example. Mm -hmm. So I come from the middle of England yeah. and um, in the middle of England there's a lot more discord. Everyone's listening to yeah. what those markets were saying in London. What they should be doing yeah. is saying, what do you think the risk is? You know, And I'd say, well, I don't know what no. percentage is, but exactly. it's stronger than people are putting out in the press. So maybe we should look into it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, another example, Trump. Yeah. So my parents lived in America for 14 years. What I took away from that as well is an understanding of across America, which is a huge country. Yeah. 
Um, there's, a, there's a discord as well between the East, the West, the Midwest. You don't tend to get coverage in the, in the media from all these other places. You get it from like New York yes. or you get it from California. Yes. At all levels, going back to this MBA point, yeah. at all levels, risk can be a new concept or a limited understanding yeah. for a lot of people. You've got to speak the same language. Mm -hmm. Strategy, audit, risk. Yeah. I've not yet met anyone from strategy, audit, risk, sit around a table and talk the same language. Yeah. Audit and risk are close, mm -hmm. but they have sometimes a different interpretation. Exactly, yeah. And you think, well, I can work with that. It still has an effect that audit would view, we've got to do it this way. Mm -hmm. Why? Why because if you come across to the strategy camp, we need to communicate to strategy yeah. to get them on board yeah. and strategy start talking our language. Yeah. But if we can't work together, and I don't believe risk should fall under audit, I'm a good, you know, strong believer of that, but it's about working together where your strengths are. Instead exactly, of saying, yeah. I am this and you are that. There's so many interesting approaches to management or meetings, walking meetings, you know, to get the brain going whilst they walk, they talk and they share ideas or standing meetings so that you know people aren't sitting around they get they, they move on quickly because yes. they don't want to keep standing and yeah. there's so many different approaches to, to get the juices flowing and I'm a big fan of away days as well getting out the office getting teams together um, and and just discussing strategy opportunities risk as well I always I always say link the two when yeah. you're setting a strategy or setting your plans just talk about risk and opportunity and then link it back at social media and so forth what you find is if you're watching some of these people online who are shouting things or entertaining mm -hmm. they get a lot of views and people believe them yes over the experts who maybe don't have the mm. most uh, interesting way of communicating or maybe a bit boring the way they speak or we are using too many facts that people can't be bothered listening to that seems to be the shift people want to entertained or to be they, they want the attention or the shock value more than the facts um, I talk about cyber risk but more of a lot I don't follow social media because mm -hmm. I consider it a detriment to my mm -hmm. to my humanity <laughs> um, LinkedIn aside I generally don't because it's too much of a headline yeah and so like you've got the headline so even if I clicked on that now and actually read the story and realize it's got nothing to do with the headline the footnotes aren't there the yes. references aren't there the yes. sources aren't there it's just it's not even even necessarily fact it's a thought yes and there is the problem absolutely how right. do we know what fact is fact and what is uh, and, and that my context view. that context yeah. of where it's taken from yeah. the concern for me is that companies seem to be pulling away a little bit from having a quality of someone in a leadership role on risk mm -hmm. to wanting to also tick that box at the time because of the pressure for an IPO or pressure for trying to present the company in the right line. And that re-education process has to take place internally, which is yeah. another five years to ten years before they truly have it. So from a risk management challenge globally, moving away from a banking concept, mm -hmm. companies need to wake up a bit and to realize you need someone who can actually deliver value in the way that works for the company. Yeah. And the flexibility and the willing to be a sponge as well as a, as a risk champion in a leadership role yeah. is, is the real challenge, I think, today. How important is it for a risk manager to know the industry? 
especially knowing what your what you had mentioned about the depth and the soft skills yeah. that you have. But obviously, you 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 do marry that with the experience you have from different countries, and you did focus on experience quite heavily. So, yes. how do you see that? I think the the core technical understanding, the ability to take and adapt what you know, mm -hmm. is your skill set. That's your transferable skill set. Yeah. Just put your hands up. The world has, has, yeah. has migrated and evolved and I'm a nomad mm -hmm. and there were yeah. periods before where everyone seemed to be a nomad yeah. and then it became very steady eddy in the sense of you work at a company for 30, 40, yeah. 50 years. Now we've gone back to being nomads if we want to succeed. Here's one thing, for the open-mindedness that I think you need as, a, as yeah. any anyone in risk or generally in life, I think yeah. it's positive. But in risk, it's good to have that open-mindedness for going into an environment where it's not you're not familiar with it. Yeah. So for me, contracted development to aluminium smelting. I was having a conversation in London, and I was being mocked because I came out with my story of the Russian leg, the Russian doll. Sorry, the Russian doll uh, actually was Japanese and taken back by Russian sailors to Russia. And we all now say it's the Russian doll, but actually yes. it's the Japanese doll. Okay. That's the history of it. I wasn't aware. And I was saying, you know, back in the days, everyone sailed everywhere. And took back something mm -hmm. and sometimes it's become an emblem of where yeah. they come from but actually it's not the true history and I was being watching well come up with another example I said well okay so there's a history in Macedonia of kilt wearing and mm -hmm. bagpipes although slightly different and Everyone saying, well, no, no, that would have been in Scotland originally. I was saying, now, what's interesting is that if you go back to Alexander the Great, who's one of the greatest global travellers mm -hmm. of his time, recognised in, in history, not saying it wasn't happening before. Yeah. Um, there's a story of Alexander the Great with a boat getting lost and reaching the British Isles. Mm -hmm. And then on their way back, they went through the Balkans, as we know it today, the Greater Yugoslavia, to what yeah. was Alexandria, etc. And more than likely, I then. Either the kilt was taken by Alexander the Greek to the Scots, or they picked it up and brought it across yeah. on their return. Because that's how things were back then. And everyone mocked me for it until someone just picked up Wikipedia and said, actually, in Wikipedia, it mentions the same thing. <laughs> and, and I was saying, well, I'm He's going, actually right. Yes, yes God forbid. Yeah. And instead, you, you've got, and I'm saying my generation is the same, you've got people saying, well, no, don't be silly. Yeah. And then, okay, Wikipedia could be wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, but the fact is there's a wiki reference saying, well, God, yeah. it looks like it's happened. And my point is, well, I don't know. What I'm saying is logic. Yeah, Logic exactly. would dictate that this could have happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And why are we not being logical anymore? Yeah. That's just as bad as going back to a time of colonialism and saying we're the best. Yeah, you exactly. Know, it's not true. I also believe no risk management framework will ever be the same. It's always going to be dependent on organization, not yes. necessarily industry. Yes. Being flexible enough and logical slash analytical enough to look at the organization mm. and figure out what is going to work within this organization's exactly. structure at this time culture at this time depending on where they are are they a, a company that's now just launched or yes. are they mature or are they transitioning or it's all going to depend on how you build a risk management structure around that even the CEO having the, a different CEO might require a different approach 100% because risk management is so unique in that aspect it isn't like an audit where you have a process and then that's it there's so much more involved networking I would claim that a risk manager shouldn't be at his desk yeah. should be around all the 
time talking to people, networking, trying to build a culture, get people engaged, all of that kind of I, stuff. I, I, I agree. I, I really suggest that we, we do this again. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciated seeing you again. Yeah. working in the World Trade Center, I said, it's my turn, I'll go get the coffees. Yeah. And this was a time when I thought coffee was black or white. This yeah. was your triple, oh, yeah. triple cup, <laughs> hazel, cappuccino, whatever with froth. We, or how do you say water? Water. 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 <laughs> You've got to be able to say coffee, not coffee. And they're not saying you should be calling it coffee. Yeah. You're in their front yard, <laughs> you adapt. Heathrow Airport, if you're listening, I have an issue with toothpaste. I'm just saying, I don't understand the issue. Um, <laughs> If you've got 100 milliliters and you use 50, there's obviously 50 left in the yeah, tube. Yeah. Why do you have to throw it out because the tube says 100? I, I believe I am on Twitter, but I don't use Twitter. Yeah. And um, I couldn't tweet in shorts. Anyone knows me, I couldn't tweet yeah, shorts. Yeah. I'm there for at least 10 <laughs> minutes trying to chat away. Your belief in ethics that come from training as a lawyer, yeah. which are very strong, um, contrary to popular belief. <laughs> and I went on board with my knife. <laughs> But don't bring a toothpaste on the <laughs> But don't bring a toothpaste <laughs> yeah, exactly. on the